Welcome to Blue Hour, a podcast for seekers and thinkers, creatives and dreamers. Here we'll be exploring the convergence of shadow and light, the mysteries of life, and the musings of the soul through psychology, art, and spirituality. I'm your host, Adina Arden Cooper. Please join me on this magical journey as we expand our consciousness and infuse our lives with more wonder, love, and fulfillment. Hello and Happy New Year! I hope everyone had a wonderful holiday season and 2024 is off to a great start. Um, Welcome to Season 2 of Blue Hour. I'm your host, Adina Arden Cooper. In case you missed it last season, I'll reintroduce myself. For nearly 25 years, I've worked in service to others, educating, mentoring, counseling, and helping to heal heart and soul. I'm a licensed counselor, a national board certified teacher, and a trained health coach, but none of these things really speak to my passions or what I truly do. I consider myself a shadow guide and a soul healing specialist. I help people discover the subconscious factors affecting their lives and impeding their ability to thrive. I teach people how to connect with their souls so they can realize their deepest, most authentic desires. Without going too deep into my methodology, I'll simply say that my passion for psychology, spirituality, and art converge in my work. This convergence is also the foundation of this podcast. I'm curious about the human mind, our incredible creativity, and the mysteries of existence. I'm prone to getting sucked into rabbit holes of contemplation and discovery, and I love having deep conversations. If these things interest you too, you'll probably, hopefully, enjoy this podcast. So season one was all about origin stories, the narratives that form about self and the world as a result of early life experiences. I explored different influences such as family of origin, religion, ancestry, and school, reflecting on my own experiences and encouraging listeners to do the same. In season two, I'll be exploring ego and sense of self. So let's begin with a definition. Contrary to a common notion, ego doesn't just refer to a sense of inflated self-importance. Ego is identity. It's a concept of self. It's the conscious mind. In psychoanalytic theory, ego refers to the part of the mind that perceives and remembers. Sigmund Freud saw it as the bridge between primal desire, the id, and moral authority, the superego. The ego is the part of self that interacts with the world and relates to real lived experience. Spiritual teacher and philosopher Eckhart Tolle defines the ego as the judging and evaluating aspect of the mind, which fears non-existence. This fear drives an illusory sense of self, one that distinguishes itself from others. It is the understanding of who we are that's based on things we've experienced, our possessions, how we behave, what we believe, what we do. The ego ruminates on the past and worries about the future in an effort to experience a sense of control. 
According to Tolle and other spiritual teachers, our egos separate us from a divine sense of wholeness, which we experience when we observe without judgment and simply be in the present moment. For now, I'll simply say that ego is identity and the concept of self, which, as I see it, is neither good nor bad. It just is. We're all human. It's natural for our minds to find distinctions, to make judgments, and to evaluate circumstances. We can't stop this from happening. We can be compassionate and gracious with ourselves, though, and we can attempt to recognize when our egos are influencing our emotions by offering a limited and narrow perspective. Personally, I can appreciate the function of the ego, and I have a whole lot of compassion for it. It seems we're caught in this terrifying dichotomy between belonging and individuality. We all desperately want to be understood and accepted by others, while also craving to be distinct and special. The ego pings between the two, gathering evidence to either prove our importance or validate our victimization. The ego faces outward, searching for people and experiences that mirror what it believes, what it understands. When it finds it, it feels safe and good. When it doesn't, it panics. In that place of panic is the opportunity to grow. And life has a way of offering experiences that force this upon us, whether we seek them out or not. So if ego is a concept of self, what is self? Now there is the million dollar question. The philosophical definition is that self is our relationship to our own being. The traditional psychological perspective is that it's the integration of body, thoughts, emotions, and behavior, which forms an idea of who we are. But of course, if it's an idea, then it's a function of the mind. Different spiritual traditions may offer different explanations, but the spiritual self is generally understood as pure consciousness, distinct from body, personality, and behavior. It's a limitless energy of being. It is essentially no self, the opposite of ego. This begins to get into the question of what is a soul and how does that play into all of it. An explanation that, or an exploration that I'll get into more thoroughly in season three. For now, we'll stick with better understanding ego and identity from a psychological and philosophical perspective. How we understand ourselves and how we define who we are has everything to do with how we experience life. I don't care how spiritual you are, there's no escaping ego. If you're human, you're subject to its workings. The point isn't to eliminate your ego. It's to recognize how it functions, how it serves, and how it limits, and to develop an ability to calm or tame it when necessary. As we move through our lives, we're the main character in the story. Which finally brings me to the topic of today's episode, The Hero's Journey. The Hero's Journey is a literary model that follows a main character through several phases. First, they're, face, they're forced to leave something familiar. 
home, essentially. Then there's an initiation. A struggle or challenge is faced, and the main character has to learn or develop some kind of wisdom or skill. Then there's the victory, the triumph, and the return. Upon the return comes the realization that they have changed, that things will never be quite the same as they were before all of this. The hero's journey is about awakening and transformation. It's about the idea of self being shattered and a new identity emerging in its place. This is Frodo's epic adventure in The Lord of the Rings. It's the story of Luke Skywalker. It's Perseus's quest in the Clash of the Titans. In his book, The Hero with a Thousand Faces, Joseph Campbell explores world mythologies and the, and the shared narratives of the hero's journey, which he called the monomyth. Campbell was influenced by the work of Carl Jung, and he believed in a universal source that unites all of humanity. He saw the hero's journey as the story of someone who taps into this source through their suffering and is able to bring some divine gift back to society. He described the hero's journey as a way to convey spiritual truth. He said, God is a metaphor for a mystery that absolutely transcends all human categories of thought, even the categories of being and non-being. Those are categories of thought. I mean, it's as simple as that. So it depends on how much you want to think about it, whether it's doing you any good whether it's putting you in touch with the mystery that's the ground of your own being. If it isn't, well, it's a lie. In my view, he's speaking of the distinction between the ego, thought, and the soul, God. Campbell identified 17 stages of the hero's journey, which was then adapted by screenwriter Christopher Vogler into 12 stages, Psychotherapist and writer Maureen Murdoch developed The Heroine's Journey, which she believed was a more appropriate representation of the experiences of women. Author Kim Hudson created a more gender-neutral interpretation called The Virgin's Promise. If you're a writer, a storyteller, or simply curious about creatively exploring your own story, you may want to learn more about these models. However you break it down... The hero's journey has fascinated and endeared people for centuries. Even though most of us don't embark on a perilous expeditions with the fate of the world in our hands, it sure feels that way sometimes. We all encounter huge metaphorical mountains to climb. Times when we're forced to take a different route, one we didn't expect to travel, and then we have to deal with some tough shit before we find our way. Overcoming obstacles helps us develop a new sense of resilience and strength. We love the hero's journey because we can relate to it. We find ourselves in these experiences. The ego develops as our minds make meaning from them. However, our souls are growing simultaneously alongside the ego as these experiences tend to encourage a broader, more profound sense of faith as well. Of course, if you ignore that part and merely focus on your actions and behaviors and interpret the experience to mean you're especially great or woefully terrible, you're caught in an ego trap. You're stuck. 
When I was 19 years old, my best friend was traveling in Europe. I missed her terribly, and we made a plan for me to meet up with her in London, where her brother was living at the time. Somehow, wires got crossed, and it turned out that I was not welcome. My flight had been booked, but I had no place to stay. My friend didn't even want to meet up with me during my stay. So I was faced with a choice, cancel the trip or go anyway. Of course, I went anyway. I used money I had in savings and was very blessed to receive support from family as well. But the financial help didn't ease the anxiety I felt. At that point in my life, I hadn't traveled very far from my home state and had never gone anywhere alone. I lacked self-confidence in all things. Still, I went. I spent almost two weeks alone in a foreign country. Now that I'm older and have done more travel, it doesn't seem like such a big deal, but at the time it was a very big deal. That trip changed my life. The conflict with my friend was terrible, but it led to one of the most significant and transformative experiences of my life. After that, I came to understand myself as brave and capable of doing challenging things on my own. This is one of many hero's journeys I've taken in my life, and an example of helpful and positive ego identification. More recently, when I left my day job as a school counselor to pursue self-employment, I was absolutely terrified. I had no real plan and no idea what I was doing. I only knew that I'd grown too dissatisfied in my position to maintain the status quo. When I stopped getting paid, shit got real. I felt insecure and inadequate. Even though I'd had a successful career in my life, the fact that I was no longer earning money caused me to feel like a complete failure. For a period of time, I worked four menial part-time jobs just to make ends meet. All the while, a voice inside my head screamed total indignance. I had a master's degree, a professional license, multiple certifications, yet I was earning $10 an hour. This was beneath me. How could I have sunk so low? Of course, this was the voice of my ego. The concept I had formed about myself, about who I was and what I was capable of, had been seriously rocked by the fact that reality was no longer mirroring that concept back to me. This experience helped me realize how much my self-worth is entangled with my income and financial stability. Disentangling this and getting out of the ego trap that tried that ties my value to achievement is an ongoing endeavor. Needless to say, this is an example of unhelpful and negative ego identification. So consider your experiences. Reflecting on your hero's journey can help you better understand and differentiate from your ego and its suffering. Taking a narrative approach to self-reflection encourages an objective perspective and an opportunity to redefine yourself in a healthy and compassionate way. If you're creative, this can be a fun way to do some profound healing work. I encourage you to pause the recording and sit down to write out your responses to the following prompts. I'll also include these in the show notes in case you want to go through them later. 
Recall a time when you left a familiar place or situation to embark on something new and unknown. What led up to this change? How were you feeling about it at the time? What problem or challenge did you face after you began this new journey? How was your experience different from what you expected? How confident were you in your ability to handle things? What insecurities flared up for you? What did you need to learn or develop in order to persevere? Who were your allies, guides, or mentors? How did they help you? Who were your antagonists? How did you deal with them? What personal strengths did you develop or become aware of? What weaknesses did you need to address? What was lost on the journey? What was gained? How did this experience transform you? What gifts or blessings have you carried forward from it? If you identify yourself as the main character of the story, how would you describe that character? As you discover more about your ego and identity, it's important to be honest with yourself, but perhaps even more important to be kind to yourself. Be curious about the thoughts, feelings, and behaviors that you've experienced, and then review those with compassion. We tend to isolate out certain things and then get very critical when we determine we've failed somehow. But we are multifaceted, complex beings who cannot actually be defined by specific limited aspects. There are a number of therapeutic methods that help people expand their understanding of self and reconcile negative judgments. I'll be going into some of these in upcoming episodes this season, beginning first with discussing my area of specialty internal family systems, or IFS therapy. Join me next week for that discussion. Until then, wishing you many blessings and lots of love. Be well. Thank you for listening to Blue Hour. To find out more about me, Adina Arden Cooper, and my work, visit my website at firebirdcreative.me. You can also follow me on Instagram at fire.bird.creative. If you liked this episode, please share it. And if you like this podcast, please review and subscribe. Join me for the next episode. Until then, I'll leave you with the words of Rumi, famed 13th century Persian poet, scholar, and mystic. Wherever you are, and whatever you do, be in love.